You are listening to the official podcast of The Congregation, a place of discovery with Pastor Tim Story. So excited about today's message. If you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 2. And um, when I was in seminary, I took a class called um, the Synoptic Gospels. And what they do is they talk to you about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and how each of the writers had their own different take of Jesus and what happened. Uh, All of it, of course, is um, inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it also came according to their own personalities and how they viewed Christ. And Mark is known as the action gospel. So my huge crowd of three people, I want you to say that, say the action gospel. All right. So Mark chapter two is known as the action gospel. Mark being young, he was like, bazam, bazoom, bazam, bazam. (laughs) And he goes, that's all the action that took place. So you see a lot of action in Mark chapter two. Now we are talking about a supernatural assignment. This is a new series that we're doing, a supernatural assignment. So first, let's break down the word supernatural. The word supernatural means miraculous. It means superhuman, supernormal, and uncommon. So every one of you rascals that are up here, (laughs) if you're anything like me, There was a time that if you didn't feel supernatural, you wanted to be. Okay? So, that is what? Superhuman, supernormal, and uncommon. So, this is going to be cute because I know all of you have children. The top superheroes in the world, the kids buy their products. Number one. Superman. Number two, Spider-Man. Number three, Batman. Number four, Captain America. Number five, Iron Man. And number six, because I said top five, and she's going to sneak in there fast because the women are coming on strong, is Wonder Woman. (laughs) Come on, Wonder Woman. You can do it. He's going to... She's going to take over my friend, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr. (laughs) To be supernatural is miraculous, superhuman, supernormal, uncommon. So let's try that, guys. Say miraculous, superhuman, supernormal, uncommon. So this new series that we're doing for a month is on how God gives us supernatural assignments. Now, I would say because I I know you well enough and we have great talks. There have been times in your life where you believe that God gave you a supernatural assignment, right? Whether whether it's raising your children or your your job or uh, uh, worshiping in the worship team or helping a friend, right? I mean, think of all the supernatural assignments that you feel like God gave you since you were a little girl growing up in ministry. A lot, right? Okay. Marcus a lot, probably so much that no doubt about it, all three of you can write a book on the privilege 
of supernatural assignments. Now, so let's break down the word assignment because we'll be working on it all month. The word assignment means a task. T-A-S-K. It means a duty. It means a project, but it also means a charge. Wow, 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 wow. It's a task. If everybody can say task. Duty. Say duty. Project. But it also means a watch. Charge. A charge. A charge. A charge. Now, I remember when my daughter was super, super young. <laughs> she had this friend that lived across the street. And they, they, they literally were probably maximum five years of age. And I noticed that the room started off super clean. And when I went in there about an hour later, they had taken out things that I didn't even know they owned. <laughs> so I said, girls, ladies, ladies. That was always my thing. Ladies, ladies, we got to keep this clean. We got, come on, come on. You guys, come on, ladies, get this, get this cleaned up a little bit. You can play with toys, but clean up the ones you're not playing with. And so uh, I came back about 30 minutes later, Marcus, and I came, and it was the same and a little bit worse. And so I said, ladies, now the first time I ask you this time, I'm telling you, I need you to clean it up. And so, but I do everything with humor and I'm nice. And I'll never forget my daughter's little friend. <laughs> I, er I overheard her say, whoa, your dad is getting huffy. <laughs> That's a word we don't say very often. <laughs> Yo, whoa, your dad is getting huffy. In other words, because I went from, hey, would you guys consider cleaning up your mess? Assignment, a duty. Two, I gave them a charge. So sometimes God gives you an assignment. Hey, that'd be great if you did that. But sometimes he gives you a charge. So powerful. So Mark chapter 2 says, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home, and they gathered in such a large number that there was no room left, nor even outside the door. Okay, now you got to stop here because you got you to you break this down. So somehow, someway, they found out that Jesus is coming to this area. Okay, so at that time, I, I want to tell you young people, I don't know if you believe me, but there was no such thing as Facebook. Uh, it's amazing, but there was no such thing as Instagram. And, and young people, this will blow you away. They didn't even have TikTok dancing. You could not even dance on TikTok. They did not have Snapchat. They did not have Twitter. But somehow, someway, they found out, hey... Jesus is coming. Now, why was that exciting to them? Because they believed the prophecies that came from three distinct areas. You're going to love this teaching. I love this study, so please really take what I'm saying. They, they, they believed 
they believed Isaiah 9, 6, that, that, that the, the prophet Jesus was coming and that his names would be amazing. His names would be wonderful. His name would be Prince of Peace. And they, they believed in the names of, uh, of Jesus, Isaiah 9, 6. But they also believed that he would have to suffer for the sins of mankind, Isaiah 53. But they also believed that Jesus had a mission and that he would be a master locksmith. Somebody say that say Jesus is the master locksmith. Okay, now, I know at least one of you in this group here has locked your keys in the, the car. Has that happened to any one of you? Lift your hands. Okay. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, I see that <laughs> I have done it. Now, there's some, there's some crafty people that they can do it with a hanger. That, that's not me yet. Can you? You've done it once. <laughs> okay, but there's some crafty people that can do it. But most of us need a locksmith. So Jesus was a master locksmith. So when they thought of Christ, they thought of what he said he could do in Isaiah 61. It was prophesied about him that he would exchange your ashes and give you beauty. That he would take your sadness and give you gladness. Isn't that so powerful? That he would take, watch, your heaviness and addiction and he would give you freedom and he would unlock you from the inside out. So basically, they had heard the locksmith is coming. So what does he... What does he do to, to unlock people? He, he unlocks their minds. He, he unlocks their souls. Uh, he, he unlocks families. He, he unlocks bodies. So there was a man who happened to be paralyzed. And this man was paralyzed, most believe since birth. And so I'll break down the word to be paralyzed. It, mean, it meant to be disabled. It meant to be immobile. It meant to be uh, powerless to move his body. It means to be paused. It, it actually can mean also to be frozen in a place. That's why, that's why people say they, they saw something and they were frozen with fear, paralyzed. So this man, this man was disabled. He was immobile. He was powerless. He was paused. And he was frozen. So the paralyzed man was incapable of supporting himself. And every day, listen to this, he had to find a way just to get through that day. It's not a way to live. So because he was immobile, he did not have a full-time job. Every day he had to find a way just to get through that day. So he was not thinking about retirement plans. He was not thinking about vacation plans. He was thinking every day how to just get through that day. Number three, he was stuck in the midst 
of hearing about opportunity. Wow. So they said, hey, hey, guess, guess what? Jesus is coming into town. Ooh, Jesus. Isaiah 9, 6, Jesus. Isaiah 53, Jesus. Isaiah 61, Jesus. Yeah, he's coming. He's coming into town. He's coming into town. But you guys, listen to this. He was stuck in the midst of opportunity. Because why? Because he was powerless to move. He was paused. He was frozen. He was immobile. So that means that he was going to need someone's help. How powerful is this? He needed somebody that can get a God's way of thinking. The Bible says, for God knows the end from the beginning, Isaiah 46, verse 9, and he knows what is yet to come. He says, from the east I call a bird of prey, a man or a woman I call, I summons them to fulfill my purpose, another translation says, to fulfill my assignment. So there are times where somebody has an opportunity, but they are frozen, and God needs somebody who's not frozen to step in and help that person get free. Is this powerful? The church that we have the congregation, we're all about this. We love supernatural assignments. Even just recently, I was the overseer over a, a big health summit for mental health, and we had tens of thousands of people that watched. What a privilege. I know, Manny, you, you, you're always out there doing something, helping people. Rebecca's always out there helping people. Marcus is out helping people. It, 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 it's, there's something to it, right? Pastor Paige, uh, Pastor Stefan, and Joseph Mendoza, and Brandon and Abby, and, and the camera people, and everybody that is in our church. We are a church of people who believe in supernatural assignments. Give me a task, God. Give me a duty, God. Give me a project, but oh, but what if he gives you a charge? See, because if it's, a, if, if it's a task, you might be like my daughter and her friend and just keep putting it off. Woo, this is so good. Oh, gosh, this is good. It's like when your wife gives you a honey-do list and you keep putting it off. Come on, somebody. And now it's called a... A honey almost did list. You almost did all the things that were on the list. So you got a task, you got a duty, you got a project. I'm going to tell you something. Most people do not finish the projects. Now, I know somebody that is one of the biggest people that works with QVC and, o and Home Shopping Network, and he may be watching right now, QVC and HSN. And the other day, I did a, a big show uh, on, um, you know, social media with my friend Damon John from Shark Tank and also with my friend Kevin Harrington from Shark Tank. It was us three doing this big project. 
And I, I want to say this about this. Now, just because, listen to this, just because somebody has an idea doesn't mean they're going to move forward in that idea. You can get an idea of something, but that doesn't mean you always do the idea. Like, for instance, my friends who are in this space that they call direct response, they say that a lot of people will order a product, but they'll never use the product. So they order it and, and it's and it sold to you, but that doesn't mean you did something about it. This man didn't just need his friends to think about doing the task, to think about doing the duty, to think about doing the charge, to think about doing the project. He needed four people that were willing to respond. So God is giving out Supernatural assignments, miraculous, superhuman, supernormal, uncommon assignments, a task, a duty, a charge, a project. Now, this man sees an opportunity, a chance, a hope, a possibility to change. He needed four people to help advance his life. He needed four people to help advance his life. In your past, everybody watching, you needed somebody to help advance your life. I needed people to help advance my life. I needed mentors in my life. I needed little league coaches. I needed teachers in my life. I needed parental figures in my life. Thank God for my mother. Mom, you're watching. You helped advance our lives. I needed people to advance my life. This man needed four people to advance his life. Why four, Tim Story? Because this man, he was paralyzed, and so they were going to put him on a stretcher. So there'd be one in the front, watch. There'd be another guy in the back, watch. Then you come over here on this side, guy with his left arm here. Then another one in the front with his left arm. And they needed to carry him to Jesus who was having a healing service in a house. So powerful. Now, you got to understand, again, Jesus was not on Christian TV at the time. So it's not like you could say, well, I missed him, but I'll, I'll, I'll catch him on the rerun. <laughs> no, this was the opportunity. Are you guys catching this? This was a chance. This was the hope. This is the, the, the possibility. This is, my, this is my chance to advance. What if in the midst of COVID-19, this is your chance to advance? Don't you need somebody who believes in a supernatural assignment to have the guts to say, hey, let me help you get there. You may be stuck mentally. Maybe you're in a bad relationship. Maybe you're feeling funky in your spirit. Maybe you're having problems with your children. But I am still mobile. Based on my mobility, I'm going to help you get there. So good. 
So he was paralyzed. He was in, incapable of supporting himself. So they needed they needed somebody, Manny, in the front. Watch. In, in the back. Watch, 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 watch. In the back. Come on, in the front. So back in the day, there used to be a time, kids, everybody, all you kids watching, there was a time in the day that if you flew in to an airport, a friend would pick you up. It was a long time ago. It was way years ago. People would actually pick friends up from airport. This is like, this is years and years ago. It wasn't even a, an emergency. You would just call and say, hey, I need somebody to pick me up. And they're like, hey, but, but I'll pick you up. But now they've made it very difficult. If you go to some of the major airports, you got to keep going around in circles. And then there's somebody who's kind of angry, just telling you, like, you can't park there. Okay, So it's too much conflict. And then if you live in big cities, you got to go through traffic. It's not even about gas money. It's about time. It's about time. Do I have the time? Watch. Do I, do, I, do I want to deal with all that obstruction? Okay. Interference. <laughs> Challenges. To wait for you to come out. Why don't you just take Uber? Why don't you just take Lyft? Find another means there back home. So we can stay in our comfort zone and just you get home. They got other ways. Now, they did not have Uber back then. It's weird. They, 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 they did not have Lyft to take them to the miracle service in the house. <laughs> they needed four regular guys. Come on, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. Look at me. This is so good. Be. This is so good because I'm laughing in advance because I know how men are. Because I life coach men for a living. I've been life coaching the greatest men for 30 years. The greatest NFL players, the greatest NBA players, movie stars, people who do all kinds of jobs. I life coach men. And I know that most men have a short attention span. So... Manny, if it was like two miles away, I think that the guys were, were, were good with it for 15 minutes. Are you with me? Like, oh my God, I'm, I'll do this. It's lighter than I thought. Okay. Then the, 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 the guy's lifting, then he starts going, oh, man, my right hip's starting to hurt. And then the guy over here is going, I didn't know I had arthritis in my finger. <laughs> Come on. And oh, the other guy's going, Wish I could call my wife, but they haven't invented cell phones. Okay. So, so each guy, his mind is going a bunch of ways and, and trying to talk him out, trying to talk him out of finishing, wow, this assignment. Because an assignment was created to be completed. It's all in my notes. I'm just warming up. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Jesus is a finisher. You were built to finish. The finisher lives inside of you. That's why even when you don't feel like finishing, you finish because the finisher in you does not quit.
So he's got four guys that are willing to help this guy with this opportunity, the chance, the hope, the possibility of advance to change his situation. And so they decide to go on this journey, you guys. So a couple takeaways from these guys. Number one, they must have had compassion. Would you guys agree? Secondly, their faith was active. When you need something supernatural to happen in your life, you need somebody that has active faith. You don't need somebody that had faith from 12 years ago. It's like a friend of mine, this goes back 10 years ago. We're driving on the freeway in Florida, and his car gets a flat tire. And he says, don't worry about it. I've got what? AAA. And AAA is going to show up. He goes, don't worry about it. I got AAA. I go, okay, that's good. So he calls him up. And they even show up. And they, they get there and they said, there's a problem. What, what happened? You, you used to have AAA. You got the card. And I don't know why they sent us because your card is not current. You had AAA, but it expired four years ago. <laughs> this is powerful. So you had the AAA card, but it had expired four years ago. So in other words, it is powerless. But the guy was so nice, he fixed the tire anyway, and we tipped him super big. Are you with me? There are some people, you have faith, but you do not have active faith. You need active faith right now in the times that we live in. These guys had compassion. Number two, they had active faith. Number three, I like this. They had nothing to gain for themselves by doing this. Some things, it's not what's in it for me. Picking up someone from the airport, there may not be anything in it for you. Going the extra mile, there may not be anything in it for you, but you just do it because you care. They had nothing to gain for themselves, but yet they did it. And number four, they were persistent. They picked it up. They kept walking. They probably were facing old injuries, like I said. They got there, and here's what I like. They tried to get through the front door, front door. Tried to get through the front door. They could not get in because of the crowd, too big of a crowd. They tried to go through the back door. They could not because of the crowd. And the Bible says that they literally, the Bible says right here, that they literally climbed on top of the roof. And they began to tear the tiles off the roof. Guys, somebody say amen. They wanted the friend healed so bad. Couldn't get to the front door. Couldn't get to the back door. They climbed up the roof with the guy with the mat. Had to be awkward. But they're like, we did not come this far not to get him to Jesus. See, I believe some of you are almost there, but now it's going to take tile-tearing faith. So they get up to the top. 
They made an opening in the roof, the Bible says. And it says they begin to dig through it. So they're digging, which is manual labor. So they're, they're digging and digging and digging and digging and digging. But see, I believe that as they did it, they grew in strength. I find in my own life that sometimes the more I sacrifice, the more I grow in strength. So they kept digging and they were growing in strength. It says, and then they lowered the mat that the man was lying on. When Jesus, here it comes right here, saw their faith. So Jesus is having a healing service, imagine. All of a sudden, people start saying, hey, what's going on? Hey, something's going something, Hey, something's going on over there. Someone's trying to get through the roof. <laughs> and they start seeing these four guys looking through, and they're lowering their friend to get healed. When Jesus saw, never says his faith, of the man that was paralyzed, it says when Jesus saw their faith. One, two, watch this. Three, come on somebody. Four, man on the mat, five. When Jesus saw their faith. It's awesome. Because it's awesome to have one person in your family that has faith. But what if you had five people in your family that had faith? And when Jesus saw all of the Smith family's faith, all the Johnson family, all the Guterres family, when Jesus saw their faith, one, two, three, four. When Jesus saw their faith. Somebody just say, they say, you can see faith. He said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. And it says, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, who does this man think that he is, meaning Jesus? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately Jesus knew in his spirit that this is what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said unto them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take up your mat and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority. Somebody say authority. The Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you. It's a command. God's about to say in your financial situation, I tell you. You're going to get a breakthrough. In the order of in the area of your daughter struggling. I, I tell you there's about to be a breakthrough. In the area of your relationship struggling. I tell you in the name of Jesus is about to shift. In the, in the area of our nation struggling. I tell you in the name of Jesus. 
I tell you, I tell you in the name of Jesus, even though it doesn't fit in with your thinking, your thinking, your thinking, your thinking, it fits in with his thinking. He's a liberator. So in the midst of your tied up minds, in the midst of your paralyzed thinking, in the midst of your paralyzed theology <laughs> and in the midst of this man's paralyzed body I'm about to do a supernatural assignment God says he says this get up somebody say that say get up then he says take up your bed and walk. Hey. Get up. He was paralyzed before. Take up your bed and walk. Could you imagine the walk home with the five guys? <laughs> the walk in was like this. That's how the story family used to be like this. And at least one of us was on the bed at one time. <laughs> at least one story was always tripping or in trouble or paralyzed at one time. <laughs> paralyzed emotionally, mentally, addiction-wise. It's good teaching, right? Could you imagine the walk home when the guy had his own mat? And they said, no, 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 let us get it. He goes, no, 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 no. This is mine to carry now. Could you imagine the walk back? Thinking, man, did you see Jesus? We saw him face to face. We'll never forget this. We saw him. We saw the manifestation of Isaiah 9. We saw the manifestation of Isaiah 53. We saw the manifestation of Isaiah 61 and did you hear what he said to us he said when I saw their faith everything in them was shifted could you imagine the swag that they had could you imagine when the man walked in back into his house and he had his mat now you like me now come on somebody I'm done preaching. Give Jesus Christ a big clap. Woo! I speak to everyone here, and I say to you, God has sent people to carry us that you've never even met. There have been people that have been carrying you in prayer, and you've never even met them. There are people that have been fasting for you from all over the world you never even met them there are people that have been praying and fasting for your children and your grandchildren if you have them there are people that have been praying and fasting that you would not be paralyzed in the area of your finances or in the area of your mind and I want you to know that their prayers have taken you into a new place in Jesus and today we see him face to face. And Jesus has given you 
an encounter and he's saying to you your sins can be forgiven and everything inside you could be loosed I want everybody that's watching to pray this prayer say dear Jesus come into my life in a new and special way say Jesus set me free in my mind in my spirit in my emotions help my family my job my finances loose me thank you for saving me sing that song that's awesome whatever you feel things to end today recognize that somebody has already been assigned to help you in the areas that you've been paralyzed there is supernatural movement that is already taking place the congregation family is working for you seven days a week that you would be loosed in every area of your body every area of your mind and your soul Anywhere from the devotions that you can get on your phone to the book that you can get, Staying Steady in Unsteady Times, to the women's ministry and the men's ministry, to the worship, to the Little World Shakers, to the Three Minute Club, to Family Strong. All that is provided that you would be loosed in every area of your life recognize that somebody is already moving on your behalf. And secondly, and I beg you to hear this, don't you want to be a stretcher carrier? Don't you want to be a stretcher bearer? Don't you want to carry the load and say, hey, let me take that side for a while. Thanks for listening to the Congregation Podcast. For more information about the congregation, including gathering times, locations, and how you can give and support the community, check us out online at www.congregationchurch.com.